Hello, my name's Jack and welcome to the weekly roundup called This Week on Premier Skills English. In This Week, we've got lots of interesting words and phrases to help you talk about football in English. If you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can also visit the Premier Skills English website at britishcouncil.org slash premierskillsenglish, where you'll be able to download the podcast. This week, I want to talk about Everton's performance against Arsenal when they hosted the league leaders at the weekend. The language focus today is grammar. It's been ages since I spoke about grammar and this story provided a good opportunity for me to use lots of examples of comparatives and superlatives. The language I'm focusing on is a bit more advanced than your normal grammar lessons on comparatives and superlatives, so I hope you find it useful. But before I get to this week's story, I want to give you the answer to last week's football phrase. If you didn't hear it last week, here's one more chance to guess now. Last week's football phrase was to... This is a a passive phrase that means that a team has been beaten in a club competition and is no longer in the competition. Congratulations to Hiraki16 from Japan, Dennis2000 from Belarus, Fabs17 from Italy, Chen Mengso from Taiwan, HSN from Turkey, Vietwingo from Vietnam, MKDIR98 from Iran, Eduardo Caicedo from Ecuador, and Cesario Abrantes from Brazil. You all worked out that the phrase I was looking for was to get knocked out. Also, well done to Aselfa from Spain. You were almost right. Now it's time for me to get on with this week's story. When you listen, I'd like you to try to answer the following questions. Question 1. Which team has the oldest players? And question 2. Which players missed golden opportunities for Arsenal and Everton? A tale of two clubs. When Everton sacked Frank Lampard at the end of January... The club was in 19th place in the league, only ahead of last place on goal difference. The Toffees had had their worst ever start to the season and after 20 games they'd collected just 15 points, the fewest of any league season in their history. Everton hadn't had a win in their previous eight Premier League matches, not since they defeated Crystal Palace back in October and The longer they went without a win, the angrier the fans got. The fans had been so angry at recent matches that the board of directors had been ordered not to attend matches on safety grounds. On Saturday, someone was angry enough to pay for a plane to fly over the stadium, dragging a banner that read, League's Worst Run Club. Their opponents on Saturday were the league leaders Arsenal, whose fortunes this season, compared with their hosts, have been as different as night and day. Arsenal have been playing their best football in 20 years. In fact, 
this season has seen the Gunners' best ever league start. Arsenal won nine of their first ten matches and have been leading the league since match week three. Mikel Arteta took over at Arsenal in 2019 and has reshaped the squad, bringing in lots of young players. Arsenal have the youngest team in the league and the more they play together, the more confident they become and the better they get. However, when they travelled to Goodison Park, they may have been too confident. Everton had just appointed Sean Dyche as manager and when a team gets a new manager, all the players are determined to show their new boss their best football. This is a well-known phenomenon in football and is known as new manager bounce. On Saturday, the enthusiasm was clear to see as the players pushed harder, ran farther and played with an intensity that the young Arsenal side wasn't prepared for. Dyche is an experienced manager and was able to revise his tactics during the match to take advantage of Arsenal's lack of focus. By adjusting the position of his front three, Everton were able to push further up the pitch and make trouble for Arsenal's defence. While Everton's spirited performance wrong-footed the Gunners, there was still plenty of skill on display. Early on, Nketiah made a glorious run and looked sure to score, but somehow blasted the ball wide. Everton also had their fair share of bad luck, particularly when Calvert-Lewin delivered a perfectly weighted cross straight into the path of Decore, who fluffed his chance and headed the ball almost straight into the ground. Everton eventually broke through after 60 minutes, scoring from a well-practised set-piece. Throughout the match, every Everton corner kick had been played deep. When Dwight McNeil lined up for Everton's fifth corner of the match, Arsenal left James Tarkovsky with too much space and he headed the ball into the centre of the goal. Goodison Park erupted with cheers at the defender's first goal. McNeil and Tarkovsky had played for Dyche at Burnley before coming to Everton. This old Burnley double act were even more motivated to show their old skipper what they could do. For the last half hour of the match, the tension in the stadium was electric as the fans urged their team to hold on. And they did, securing Everton's first Premier League win of the year and signalling to fans and the rest of the league that they can do better. Final score, Everton 1, Arsenal 0. Before the story, I asked you two questions. The first was, which team has the oldest players? The answer is Everton, though I didn't say that. What you may have heard me say was Arsenal have the youngest team in the league, so every other team has older players than Arsenal. The second question was, which players missed golden opportunities for Arsenal and Everton? Nketiah blasted his shot wide for Arsenal and then Ducouré fluffed his chance when he headed the ball into the ground. I like the verb to fluff, meaning to make a silly mistake. It's quite informal. You can use it when you make a mistake that you really shouldn't have, and you hear it quite a lot in football commentary. In the language focus today, I want to talk about grammar. 
when I was writing this story about Everton beating Arsenal, I thought it would be a brilliant story to explore ways of comparing the two clubs, and then look at the language of comparatives and superlatives. However, when you're learning English, you learn comparatives pretty early, and this podcast is normally full of high intermediate and advanced language, so I don't want to cover the simple is bigger than sort of sentences. In fact, in all the examples of comparatives that I used in the story, I didn't say the word than once. Now I'm going to talk about five comparative or superlative phrases that I used in the story about Everton and Arsenal that I hope will be interesting for you and will be language that you can use. Phrase number one. The first phrase I want to look at is even more. I really like this way of modifying or adding meaning to comparatives because it has a lot of meaning and it's usually expressive. I said that the old Burnley double act, that's McNeil and Tarkovsky, were even more motivated to show their old skipper what they could do. I mean, all the players were motivated, but these two were even more motivated. So we use even more to emphasise a difference between things that are already unusual. Here are some examples. A Tesla is an expensive car, but a Ferrari is even more expensive. Everyone knows that it rains a lot in the UK. But if you visit Manchester, you might discover it rains even more than you think. Phrase number two. My son uses this next phrase a lot, or rather, variations of this phrase. The first example in the text was this. The Toffees had had their worst ever start to the season. Their worst ever start. So with superlatives, you can use the adverb ever to say at any time in the history of the world. My son often says things like, this is the best food ever. Short for, this is the best food I've ever eaten. I don't think he means in the history of the world. He's dramatic, but not that dramatic. You'll find loads of articles online claiming that they're about the best ever, whatever they're about. I've just searched and saw there were articles about the best ever car, the best ever album, lots of that sort of thing. So as well as this dramatic use, you can use it literally. In the article, I described Everton's start to the season as their worst ever and Arsenal's as their best ever. In both of these examples, I was talking about the number of points they had collected at the start of the season and comparing it with every other season that the club has played in. And this really has been Everton's worst ever season and Arsenal's best ever. Phrase number three. A good way to start a comparison in English is to use the phrase compared with or compared to. I said that Arsenal's fortunes this season, compared with their hosts, have been as different as night and day. I'll talk about this more later, but I think it would be better to give you some simple examples. 
You might hear someone say, compared to Indian food, Mexican food's not very spicy. Or, winters in Scotland are cold, but compared to Poland, they're actually quite mild. I know there are other places that have cold winters, but I live in Scotland now and I used to live in Poland. So instead of saying Indian food is spicier than Mexican food, or even Mexican food is not as spicy as Indian food, you can say that Mexican food is not very spicy compared to Indian food. Now, when I wrote this, I wondered, compared to or compared with? You see, often I have to do research to find the reasons I use certain terms. When you're speaking fluently, the rules are all automatic, so I don't realise that I'm applying some rule when I choose my language. So I looked it up, and apparently you can use compared to to highlight similarities and compared with to show differences. However, I don't think that's really much use, and both compared with and compared to can normally be used without any difference in meaning. Here are three examples I've pulled from news stories. An actress said, I've been compared with water. If she'd said, I've been compared to water, would the meaning have been different? A report in a newspaper said that planning a holiday around reading was cheap when compared with other holidays. I think that compared to would be fine here. One more. Manchester City's upcoming fixtures are tough compared with Arsenal and Manchester United's. Again, I think that compared to would be just as good here. In the Penguin Writer's Manual, it says that when compare is used intransitively, it should only take with. And in the Oxford Learner's Dictionary, there is an example that I agree with. The example is, this school compares with the best in the country. This means that the school is as good as the best schools in the country. Compares to would sound wrong here. The Cambridge Online Dictionary highlights that this use of compare means to consider similarities. But I think it's easier to think of the phrase compares with as meaning is as good as. The example they use is instant coffee doesn't compare with freshly ground coffee, which means instant coffee is not as good as freshly ground coffee. I suggest that you can use compare to and compare with when you include an adjective or quality for the comparison. So a journey might be long when compared to or compared with another journey. A man might be generous compared to or compared with another less generous person. But you can also use compared with to mean is as good as, and then you have to use with. So Arsenal's defence compares with Manchester City's. This means Arsenal's defence is as good as Manchester City's. Or the writer's most recent novel compares with her earlier works. 
Phrase number four. I want to return to the example from before. Arsenal's fortunes this season, compared with their hosts, have been as different as night and day. Now, I want to talk about the comparison as different as night and day. We use this phrase to say that two things are completely different. They are as different as two things can be. Another similar phrase is as different as chalk and cheese. This is a weird one. Chalk is a type of soft white rock that teachers use to write on blackboards. I can understand night and day as opposites, but I'm not so sure why chalk and cheese is a saying. I looked it up and it turns out the phrase has been around since the 13th or 14th century and might have derived from the idea that some hard cheeses look a bit like chalk but are completely different when you put them in your mouth. So things can be as different as night and day and things can be as different as chalk and cheese. Phrase number five. The last phrase I want to talk about uses an interesting form. I said, the longer they went without a win, the angrier the fans got. This is quite a common structure. The more something, the more something else. You'll often hear the phrase, the bigger the better. For example, if you love pizza and someone says that they only have really big pizzas, you might say, the bigger the better. Or if you're having a party and more people turn up than you had invited, some guests might apologise for coming without an invitation and you might tell them, don't worry, the more the merrier. So we use this form to link two ideas. I said, the more the young Arsenal team play together, the more confident they become. Okay. I hope that these five structures and phrases that you can use with comparative and superlative language are useful. Listen to the story one more time and try to concentrate on these forms. A tale of two clubs. When Everton sacked Frank Lampard at the end of January, the club was in 19th place in the league only ahead of last place on goal difference. The Toffees had had their worst ever start to the season and after 20 games they'd collected just 15 points, the fewest of any league season in their history. Everton hadn't had a win in their previous eight Premier League matches, not since they defeated Crystal Palace back in October. And the longer they went without a win, the angrier the fans got. The fans had been so angry at recent matches that the board of directors had been ordered not to attend matches on safety grounds. On Saturday, someone was angry enough to pay for a plane to fly over the stadium, dragging a banner that read, League's Worst Run Club. Their opponents on Saturday were the league leaders Arsenal, whose fortunes this season, compared with their hosts, have been as different as night and day. 
Arsenal have been playing their best football in 20 years. In fact, this season has seen the Gunners' best ever league start. Arsenal won nine of their first ten matches and have been leading the league since match week three. Mikel Arteta took over at Arsenal in 2019 and has reshaped the squad, bringing in lots of young players. Arsenal have the youngest team in the league and the more they play together, the more confident they become and the better they get. However, when they travelled to Goodison Park, they may have been too confident. Everton had just appointed Sean Dyche as manager and when a team gets a new manager, all the players are determined to show their new boss their best football. This is a well-known phenomenon in football and is known as new manager bounce. On Saturday, the enthusiasm was clear to see as the players pushed harder, ran farther and played with an intensity that the young Arsenal side wasn't prepared for. Dyche is an experienced manager and was able to revise his tactics during the match to take advantage of Arsenal's lack of focus. By adjusting the position of his front three, Everton were able to push further up the pitch and make trouble for Arsenal's defence. While Everton's spirited performance wrong-footed the Gunners, there was still plenty of skill on display. Early on, Nketiah made a glorious run and looked sure to score, but somehow blasted the ball wide. Everton also had their fair share of bad luck, particularly when Calvert-Lewin delivered a perfectly weighted cross straight into the path of Decore, who fluffed his chance and headed the ball almost straight into the ground. Everton eventually broke through after 60 minutes, scoring from a well-practised set-piece. Throughout the match, every Everton corner kick had been played deep. When Dwight McNeil lined up for Everton's fifth corner of the match, Arsenal left James Tarkovsky with too much space and he headed the ball into the centre of the goal. Goodison Park erupted with cheers at the defender's first goal. McNeil and Tarkovsky had played for Dyche at Burnley before coming to Everton. This old Burnley double act were even more motivated to show their old skipper what they could do. For the last half hour of the match, the tension in the stadium was electric as the fans urged their team to hold on. And they did, securing Everton's first Premier League win of the year and signalling to fans and the rest of the league that they can do better. Final score, Everton 1, Arsenal 0. Right, now it's time for you to think about the language again. Your challenge this week is to complete the gaps in the following sentences with the correct comparatives or superlatives using one of the five phrases I've spoken about in this podcast. There may be more than one correct answer, so feel free to use your imagination. Number one. I really needed to use the bathroom, but I had to wait and... I had to wait. Desperate I became. Number two. Women's football is becoming a lot more popular. However, at normal matches, the men's game 
the crowds are still quite small. Number three. I thought the club had spent a lot on a new defender, but the new midfielder was expensive. Number four. The new manager is a breath of fresh air. She's as different as... Number five. I ran a 10k race last weekend and got my... time. Leave your answers to the language challenge in the comments section on the Premier Skills English website. Your task this week is to describe two places you've visited and to say how they're different. You should try to think about places that have lots of differences. So perhaps you could choose a village and a city, or a place in the mountains and a place by the sea, or a place in your country and a place in a different country. Try to share three ways that the two places are different in the comments section on the page for this podcast on Premier Skills English. Now it's time for this week's football phrase. This week's football phrase is... The meaning of this word is similar to plans or even strategies, but we use them to talk about the plans and instructions that a manager gives to their team and also that a general might use on the battlefield. This word has been a football phrase in the past, but I used it in the story today. If you know the answer, be sure to leave it in a comment on the page for this podcast on Premier Skills English. Before I finish, I'm going to go through the answers to last week's language challenge. Number one. The team has been unlucky not to have won more matches this season, and some of that is down to players getting injured. But the overall responsibility for the performance of the team lies with the manager. Number two. Donald Trump was Joe Biden's opponent in the 2020 USA presidential election. Number three. Working from home doesn't mean you have to spend all your time in your bedroom or working from the kitchen table. Number four. The actor is complaining about having been cancelled and is finding it much harder to get media coverage after his latest corruption scandal. Number five. The winning candidate looked relieved when the vote count was read out and she realised she'd scraped a victory by only a few hundred votes. Number six. The walk through the village in winter was magical. The cobbled streets and pretty cottages looked like something out of a fairy tale. Number seven. The rise of social media has changed traditional advertising, with national advertising agencies being hit much harder than regional advertising agencies. Number eight. If a manager becomes too invested in a particular player, it can be hard to sack or sell them if they're not playing well enough. Number nine. A competition with a valuable prize is a good way to generate a lot of publicity. 
And that's all I have time for today. Before I finish, I just wanted to say that I hope you found this podcast useful, and I hope all of you stay fit and healthy and safe. Bye for now, and enjoy your football! (laughs) 